Welcome to Positively 365, a podcast by Joe Wattis. We wish to entertain, instruct, and motivate. If nothing else, hopefully we can entertain and inspire you to live a more positive life 365 days a year. We hope you enjoy this message. A duck walks into a bar and orders a pint of beer with a ham sandwich. The bartender looks at him and says, Hang on, you're a duck. I see your eyes are working, replies the duck. And you can talk, exclaims the bartender. I see your ears are working too, says the duck. Now, if you don't mind, can I have my beer and my sandwich, please? Certainly, sorry about that, says the bartender as he pours the duck a pint. It's just we don't get many ducks in this pub. What are you doing around this way? I'm working on the building site across the road, explains the duck. I'm a plasterer. The flabbergasted bartender cannot believe the duck and wants to learn more, but takes the hint when the duck pulls out a newspaper from his bag and proceeds to read it. So the duck reads his paper, drinks his beer, eats his sandwich, and bids the bartender a good day before he leaves. The same thing happens for two weeks. Then one day the circus comes to town. The ringmaster comes into the pub for a pint of beer, and the bartender says to him, You're with the circus, aren't you? Well, I know this duck that could be just brilliant in your circus. He talks, drinks beer, eats sandwiches, reads the newspaper, and everything. Sounds marvelous, says the ringmaster, handing over his business card. Get him to give me a call. So the next day, when the duck comes into the bar, the bartender says, Hey, Mr. Duck, I reckon I can line you up with a top job paying really good money. I'm always looking for the next job, says the duck. Where is it? At the circus, says the bartender. The circus, repeats the duck. That's right, replies the bartender. The circus, the duck asks again, with a big tent? Yeah, the bartender replies. With all the animals who live in cages and performers who live in caravans, says the duck. Of course, the bartender replies. And the tent has canvas sides and a big canvas roof with a hole in the middle, persists the duck. That's right, says the bartender. The duck shakes his head in amazement and says, What would they want with a plasterer? Death is a part of life, and it crops up in all manner of subjects from literature to science. It is something that inevitably affects us all. Although there are many reasons why we can benefit from an examination of death, some of these can be categorized into three broad themes. The first theme is philosophical. How to approach death, especially what may come after, is an eternal question that has bugged humanity throughout history. From the basic beliefs of the Abrahamic religions about an eternal soul that transcends to a heaven or a hell, to the Eastern emphasis on reincarnation and rebirth, 
There is a rich history of ideas to be explored. Add to this the challenge of atheism, a lack of direct evidence for an afterlife, and the concept of oblivion, and we have a real chance to develop imaginative and critical thinking skills while learning about other cultures and traditions. The second theme that death forces upon us is ethical. Death is a controversial issue and embodies a plethora of emotionally charged issues such as the right approach to palliative care, assisted suicide and passive euthanasia. We will be exposed to these issues through the media, perhaps even personally at some stage in our life, and will inevitably have questions about them ourselves. Of course, we may not necessarily have all the answers, but these questions can provide a starting point by explaining why these issues are highly sensitive and so often debated by social commentators, faith groups, and politicians. The third and final reason that death is important is practical. People panic, overreact, or get overprotective when death occurs, or even gets mentioned or becomes apparent. The bereaved often recount how friends avoided them or people became overly emotional when they were trying to get back to some semblance of normality. This aversion to facing up to death obviously causes more problems than it solves and arguably results in death's taboo status in our society. Perhaps addressing this social awkwardness could go some way to making discussion about death more open, more rational, and less daunting. Death should be looked at for what it is, an inevitable part of life that has much to teach us. In this episode of Positively 365, we will look at some of the lessons of death. But first, we have our trivia question for the day. Are you ready for it? Here it is. What is the only metal that is not solid at room temperature? We will have the answer when we come back. Do you know the answer to today's trivia question? The question is, what is the only metal that is not a solid at room temperature? The answer, Mercury. So Mercury is not just the name for a planet, or the name of a Roman god for commerce, or the last name of the lead singer for the rock group Queen. Although Mercury and all its compounds are known as highly toxic, it is considered therapeutic throughout much of its history. The element known to ancient civilizations as Mercury dates back to at least 2000 BCE. Vials of pure Mercury have been found in Egyptian tombs from the 1500s BCE. That's a long time. Now you know.
You might be dissatisfied with your life. Not enough money. Unfulfilling job. Meandering relationship. Perhaps you spend too much time online arguing about politics with strangers. Sometimes we all feel like something is missing, and maybe we all need a little perspective and a drastic change to start enjoying life. If something is making you miserable, you do have the power to change it in work or love or whatever it may be. Have the guts to change. You don't know how much time you've got on this earth, so don't waste it being miserable. These are the last words of Holly Butcher from Grafton, Australia. She recently lost her battle with Ewing's sarcoma, a rare form of usually terminal illness that primarily affects young people. Holly was just 27 when she died. As she came to terms with her own mortality as a cancer patient, a heart-rendingly painful thing to do at such a young age, Holly decided to write an open letter. She wrote about the life lessons she had learned in her young life, reflecting on the way her experience with stage four cancer made her come to value every second of her time on earth. I'm 27 now. I don't want to go, she wrote. I love my life. I am happy. I owe that to my loved ones, but the control is out of my hands, she said. Perhaps Holly's words come from the heart with passion and searing honesty. They will help people see the bigger picture of how to be happy, one that is often lost in a sea of ultimately meaningless stresses and worries that quickly consume our everyday existence. She urges us to grasp the things that are important and to live life to the full. That's the thing about life. It is fragile, precious, unpredictable, and each day is a gift, not a given right. We will have her open letter when we come back. An open letter from Holly Butcher, dated January 3rd, 2018. A bit of life advice from Hall. It's a strange thing to realize and accept your mortality at 26 years young. It's just one of those things you ignore. The days tick by and you just expect you will keep, they will keep on coming until the unexpected happens. I always imagined myself growing old, wrinkled and gray, most likely caused by the beautiful family, lots of kitties, I planned on building with the love of my life. I want that so bad, it hurts. That's the thing about life. It's fragile, precious, and unpredictable, and each day is a gift, not a given right. I'm 27 now. I don't want to go. I love my life. I am happy. I owe that to my loved ones, but the control is out of my hands. I haven't started this note before I die so that death is feared. I like the fact that we are mostly ignorant to its inevitability. 
except when I want to talk about it and it's treated like a taboo topic that will never happen to any of us. That's when it's a bit tough. I just want people to stop worrying so much about the small, meaningless stresses in life and try to remember that we all have the same fate after it is all over. So what you can do to make your time worthy and great, minus the bullshit, is important. I have dropped lots of thoughts below as I have had a lot of time to ponder life these last few months. Of course, it's the middle of the night when these random thoughts pop into my head most. Those times when you are whining about ridiculous things, something I've noticed so much these past few months. Just think about someone who is really facing a problem. Be grateful for your minor issue and get over it. It's okay to acknowledge that something is annoying, but try not to carry on about it and negatively affect other people's days. Once you do that, get out there and take a big freaking breath of that fresh, Aussie, deep air into your lungs. Look at how blue the sky is and how green the trees are. It is so beautiful. Think how lucky you are to be able to do just that. Breathe. You might have got caught in bad traffic today or had a bad sleep last night because your beautiful babies kept you awake. Or your hairdresser cut your hair too short. Your new fake nails might have got a chip. Your boobs are too small. Or you have cellulite on your arse and your belly is wobbling. Let all that shit go. I swear, you will not be thinking of those things when it is your turn to go. It is all so insignificant when you look at life as a whole. I'm watching my body based waste away right before my eyes with nothing I can do about it and all I wish for now is that I could have just one more birthday or Christmas with my family or just one more day with my partner and dog just one more I hear people complaining about how terrible work is or about how hard it is to exercise be grateful you are physically able to Work and exercise may seem like such trivial things until your body doesn't allow you to do either of them. I tried to live a healthy life, in fact. That was probably my major passion. Appreciate your good health and functioning body, even if it isn't your ideal size. Look after it and embrace how amazing it is. Move it and nourish it with fresh food, but don't obsess over it. Remember, there are more aspects to good health than the physical body. Work just as hard on finding your mental, emotional, and spiritual happiness, too. That way, you might realize just how insignificant and unimportant having this stupidly portrayed perfect social media body really is. While on this topic, delete any account that pops up on your news feed that gives you any sense of feeling shit about yourself. Friend or not, be ruthless for your own well-being. Be grateful for each day you don't have pain, and even the days where you are unwell with man flu, a sore back, or a sprained ankle. Accept it is shit, but be thankful it isn't life-threatening and will go away. Wine less people and help each other more 
give, give, give. It is true that you gain more happiness in doing things for others than doing them for yourself. I wish I did this more. Since I have been sick, I have met the most incredibly giving and kind people and have been the receiver of the most thoughtful and loving words and support from my family, friends, and even strangers, more than I could ever give in return. I will never forget this and will be forever grateful to all of these people. It is a weird thing having money to spend at the end when you're dying. It's not a time you go out and buy material things that you usually would, like a new dress. It makes you think how silly it is that we think it is worth spending so much money on new clothes and things in our lives. Buy your friend something kind instead of another dress, beauty product, or jewelry for that next wedding. One, no one cares if you wear the same thing twice. Two, it feels good. Take them out for a meal, or better yet, cook them a meal. Shout their coffee. Give, buy them a plant, a massage, or a candle, and tell them you love them when you give it to them. Value other people's time. Don't keep them waiting because you are a shit at being on time. Get ready earlier if you are one of those people, and appreciate that your friends will want to share their time with you, not sit by themselves, waiting on a mate. You will gain respect, too. Amen, sister. This year, our family agreed to do no presents, and despite the tree looking rather sad and empty, I nearly cracked on Christmas Eve. It was so nice because people didn't have the pressure of shopping, and the effort went into writing a nice card for each other. Plus, imagine my family trying to buy me a present, knowing they would probably end up with it themselves. Strange. I might seem lame, but those cards mean more to me than any impulse purchase ever could. Mind you, it was also easier to do in our house because we had no little kitties there. Anyway, moral of the story, presents are not needed for a meaningful Christmas. Moving on. Use your money on experiences, or at least don't miss out on experiences because you spent all your material money on material shit. Put in effort to do that day trip to the beach you keep putting off. Dip your feet in the water and dig your toes in the sand. Wet your face with salt water. Get amongst nature. Try just enjoying and being in the moments rather than capturing them through the screen of your phone. Life isn't meant to be lived through a screen, nor is it about getting that perfect photo. Enjoy the bloody moment, people. Stop trying to capture it for everyone else. Random rhetorical question. Are those several hours you spend doing your hair and makeup each day to go out for one night really worth it? I've never understood this about females. Get up early sometimes and listen to the birds while you watch the beautiful colors the sun makes when it rises. Listen to music. Really listen. Music is therapy. Old is best. Cuddle your dog. Far out. I will miss that. 
Talk to your friends. Put down your phone. Are they doing okay? Travel if it's your desire. Don't if it's not. Work to live. Don't live to work. Seriously, do what makes your heart feel happy. Eat the cake. Zero guilt. Say no to things you don't really want to do. Don't feel pressured to do what other people think is fulfilling your life. You might want a mediocre life, and that is okay. Tell your friends you love them every time you get the chance and love them with everything you have. Also, remember, if something is making you miserable, you have the power to change it in work or love or whatever it may be. Have the guts to change. You don't know how much time you've got on this earth, so don't waste it by being miserable. I know that is said all the time, but it couldn't be more true. Anyway, it's just one young gal's advice. Take it or leave it. I don't mind. Oh, and one last thing. If you can, do a good deed for humanity and myself and start regularly donating blood. It will make you feel good with the added bonus of saving lives. I feel like it is something that is so overlooked considering every donation can save three lives. That is a massive impact each person can have, and the process is really so simple. Blood donation, more bags than I can keep up with counting, helped me be alive for an extra year, a year I will forever be grateful that I got to spend here on earth with my family, friends, and dog. A year I had some of the greatest times of my life. Till we meet again. Holly. Thank you for joining us today. Please consider taking a moment to like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also connect with us and join the conversation on Facebook. Just search for Positively 365. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, stay positive today and every day, 365 days a year.